This is the Savvy Philanthropist Podcast. My name is Kirk. We are a financial planning podcast for people who want to do philanthropy well. Whether you're a donor trying to do some good in the world, or you're a development officer trying to connect resources with the people who need them. This podcast is all about how to navigate our U.S. legal and financial system in order to make the greatest philanthropic impact you can. This is Episode 2, Philanthropic Intent. Several years ago, I was doing some philanthropic consulting work for two universities in my area. In late December one year, maybe December 27th or 28th, I got a phone call from the development officer of one of those schools. Their office had just gotten off the phone with a potential donor. That businessman had just sold his business for several million dollars, and he wanted to do some philanthropic planning. He emphasized, however, that anything he did had to happen before the end of the year, just a few days away. So the university had called me to quickly start generating some ideas. I got right to work, but less than an hour later, I got a phone call from the other university that I was working with. Turns out, that school had also just gotten off the phone with a potential donor. This businessman had also just sold his business for several million dollars, and he wanted to do some philanthropic planning. This potential donor had the same stipulation. The planning and potential giving all had to be completed before the end of the year. Well, as you can probably guess, it took me about a minute to figure out that both universities were talking to the same donor. This was a little dicey since I doubted that the two universities knew that there was another player in the game, but I figured I needed to get this straightened out, so I called both of the schools. As I had suspected, both places were a little caught off guard. I figured the best approach here was to go right to the source, so I got permission from both schools and went ahead and called the donor directly. That's when I got the whole story. The potential donor had indeed sold his business earlier that year for several million dollars. As the end of the year approached, his accountant had started putting together his tax information, and that's when the donor found out exactly how much he was going to have to pay in taxes as a result of the sale. For those of you doing math at home, he was going to have to pay capital gains on the sale at about 20%, so the number was pretty big. To be blunt, the donor couldn't believe it. He couldn't imagine that he was going to have to write a seven-figure tax check. In a bit of a panic, he thrashed around for some ideas to avoid this disaster, and he landed on the idea that some sort of charitable giving magic might get him out of this mess. So he had called the largest charities in his area, namely the schools I was working with, to see if they could save him from the tax man, and that's when they called me. Now with a fuller picture of the facts, I dug into some ideas. In less than a day, I sketched a couple of different strategies that would support the schools while also providing the donor with some tax benefit. But he turned them all down, one at a time. It so happened that they all shared the same problem, and it was one he couldn't get past. Simply put, every scenario I showed him was going to cost him money, and it turned out that was precisely what he was trying to avoid. You see, I quickly realized that this donor didn't actually have any desire to do some good in the world with his money. In other words, he didn't actually have any philanthropic intent. He just really, really didn't want to pay taxes and he hoped that the right charitable advisor might be able to find him one of those famous loopholes so that he could avoid such a painful tax bill. This story really demonstrates the point I want to make today before we get into any actual giving strategies or philanthropic scenarios in future episodes. Being philanthropic means giving money away. It means that once you've given, you have less money than you started with. There's an idea floating around sometimes that there are special fancy maneuvers you know, those little critters often called loopholes that lawyers and accountants can use to magically wipe away all taxes. And sometimes people get the idea that that's what charities are there for, a vehicle for washing away a tax bill. But that's not what we're here for. We're here to try to do some good in the world. We maximize that impact by navigating the tax code, not to mention a bunch of other laws, as well as we can. 
but the goal has to be making a charitable impact. Every successful donor story starts with philanthropic intent to help others. Once the intent is there, then we can talk about how to implement that intent. But if the intent is missing, then there isn't any way to have a positive outcome. In other words, philanthropy is for people who want to help others, not themselves. And that's where I'll leave it today. Starting next week, we'll begin to explore the contours of how to give well, but we'll always keep in mind that every story starts with philanthropic intent. If you're enjoying this podcast, please be sure to subscribe. And if you know other people who might find this podcast worthwhile, be sure to share it on your social media platform of choice. You can find The Savvy Philanthropist on the internet at thesavvyphilanthropist.podbean.com. You can follow me on Twitter where I am at RossPlan. Meanwhile, if you have any ideas, suggestions, or just some idle chit-chat, feel free to email me at thesavvyphilanthropist at gmail.com. That's it for episode two. Thanks for listening. I'll be back in another week to talk about matching up the donor's intent with a charity's needs. Meanwhile, always remember, do well, then do good, but always be savvy.